0: He's with the 45, oh, he's with the 50, oh no he's not, no he's not going to plant it in midfield of the O is he, wow, yes he is, Rattler again to throw steps up in the pocket, throws on the run, right. oh, Drake Stokes, touchdown OU, from the OU 34, Alright guys, welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast, brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. I'm your host today, Kami, I'm Robin, and man, I promised you guys a podcast last weekend. Life got in the way, and apparently, you know, I've got a wedding going on, and we're planning it, and going to taste some cakes today, man. So, pretty excited. I don't know. It's a, lot of, a lot of cakes, y'all. But anyways, we're not going to talk about the NFL Draft too much, because, I mean, obviously, it's over. Uh, we missed that, but... Something that happened, obviously, recently, Seth McGowan, Trajan Bridges, no longer a part of the program. Lincoln Riley comes out yesterday and says that. What was interesting was that over the morning, a lot of people started to notice that Seth McGowan and Trajan Bridges were no longer on the roster online. And then, you know, you kind of can tell what's going on. Some people said, oh, well, maybe it's until the investigation's over. Uh I had other ideas, basically saying, oh, this is too convenient that they're going to be missing from the roster just before Lincoln Riley's presser, where he's going to say something about it, probably. Lincoln Riley gets on, says, hey, they're no longer the program going forward. Wish them the best of luck. Uh, you know, I know kind of a little more in-depth what's going on with Seth McGowan. Um, he has some some issues, personal things, that he. I just hope he gets better with. Um, that's all I'm going to say about it. It's personal for him, so if he ever decides to come out and say anything about it, sure, go ahead, Uh, Trajan Bridges, man, I hope he finds a place that fits well for him, Um, but anyways, talking about what's going on in the running back room because of this, right, because now Trajan Bridges is gone, and like I said on Twitter, immediately people are going to say, oh, Trajan Bridges was the best receiver you had, Uh, I hate that take, I think it's a garbage take, you you never seen him play in a game, you know, it's like, say it's like I could say a lot of other things like oh I've got the I've got the biggest boat you've ever seen but it's in my backyard so like you've never seen it so like I think that's a stupid take you know you've never really seen Trajan Bridges playing a big time game consistently especially and so I mean Oklahoma's got a great tandem and group of receivers coming back I mean Marvin Mims a big play guy last year you hope Jaden Hazelwood. Kind of gets his legs together still. Um, you know, like like some others have said and pointed out, he was limping a little bit in the spring game. That's maybe just because after a play he made, I landed on the brace, that might cause you to limp a little bit. I think that it's more mental for him than it is physical for Jaden Hazelwood. He's got all the catch radius, he's got the hands. Just making sure, you know, hoping that his summer the summer lets his lets him get his mind together. I think he's gonna be an excellent playmaker for Oklahoma. And besides the fact that Oklahoma's got Mims. Hazelwood they're getting the uh, the kid from Arkansas who's going to be a legitimate threat he's going to he is going to be what Charleston Rambo wanted to be and you know Charleston Rambo hope he has a good year in Miami but has got a lot of other receivers and Drake Stoops obviously gets a scholarship uh, of course uh, I don't think he needed one but regardless I think it's going to be a pivotal point of the offense going forward uh, I, I don't think he's going to be a main point but I do think you'll see him on the field quite a bit I think he's going to work really well in the slot and he's proved clutch in clutch moments as of course of course you've heard the new intro him in the Texas game I mean you you trust in Charleston Rambo to catch that ball no you trust other people to catch that ball no I mean and Theo Weiss yeah he rolled in the spring game kind of like on a little little scooter looking thing and I think he'll be straight by the time he gets to camp but I'm not worried about the wide receivers I'm not worried about wide receivers in a Lincoln Riley offense I mean the, the year you maybe had to worry about wide receivers in a Lincoln Riley offense was the year Jalen Hurts was throwing the ball and that happened to turn out really, really well. And Oklahoma's getting more guys in the program just like that. You got Mario Williams going forward. You got a lot of burners. You got a lot of guys that can do a lot of different things. And then one thing that people might point out is oh, well, Trajan Bridges could have done everything. He could play inside. He could play outside. Even though he may not be a burner, he can do a lot of things. Sure, cool, whatever. Oklahoma's fine at receiver, they're fine at H-back. But the thing that people maybe are worried about, and I think, is maybe right, rightfully so, is running back, right? Kennedy Brooks, Eric Gray, I bet both of them, you will not see them in a senior uniform next year. Of course, Kennedy Brooks, you won't see him in a senior uniform next year. Eric Gray, he's going to be your starter. Man, the kid is dynamic. He's dangerous. I think he scares the hell out of Big 12 coaches. I think he scares the hell out of Big 12 coaches because of what he's able to do, not just in the backfield, but he can split out wide. We've talked about this several times in the podcast that you're probably going to see split backs between him and Mikey Henderson and the next thing you know, they're going to be split out wide and you know, have five wide receivers, kind of like what you saw with Joe Mixon and Meech back in the day with Baker Mayfield. I think that's going to be something that's legitimate. So Oklahoma's running back room right now is Kennedy Brooks, Eric Gray, Marcus Major kind of as the depth guy. No more Seth McGowan because he's going to move on. He's going to ease in the transfer portal, of course, but might have a little bit more bigger issues going on, right? You know, felony Felony charges are typically not what you want to see, but they are no longer with the program. And so, you know, maybe Mikey Henderson gets involved a little bit more in the running back room, but Oklahoma's going to be eventually, maybe not this season, who knows, in the market for Juco running backs because I don't think they want Marcus Major as the main feature back going forward next year. Uh, and I, I'm not worried about a link around the offense. I trust the product he puts on the field. I trust the personnel he puts on the field. And I don't think we any of us should be worried about it. But kind of talking about Some stuff from the draft. I know this is a little bit late, but I just I couldn't let it go unsaid. Just like others that you saw it all on Twitter, the Boston Globe regarding Ronnie Perkins or Ramondre Stevenson saying, "Oh, these guys use drugs and they were suspended," but totally not acknowledging at all Mac Jones two DUIs. I think it's a bunch of bullshit. To be quite frank with you, I mean endangering other people's lives. Is totally different than smoking some weed and taking the edge off. Yes, what what they did was it stupid, and did they acknowledge that? They did. Ramondre and Ronnie Perkins, did they do? Did they acknowledge it was dumb and immature? They did. But to categorize them as these guys are like breaking the law and maybe like people to watch out for, while not acknowledging anything to do with Mac Jones. Is just a crock of shit. I mean, also, it shows you how far as a society we have not come as far as regarding marijuana, cannabis, whatever. It's not like these dudes were like doing like cocaine. It's not like these dudes are like doing meth. It's Oklahoma. Meth is prevalent in this society, you know, (laughs) the I 35, I 44 corridor. These dudes just smoking weed, which is like totally socially acceptable in a lot of places right now. And probably has a lot more health benefits than getting drunk and also getting drunk and driving, mind you. I mean, I think uh, we can all agree that driving drunk is stupid. But anyways, I I just had to acknowledge that and the idea that the Boston Globe would do that and then not say anything about that quarterback, which I think is just totally awful. But I've got a question from Don C. His at is I only watch ESPN this man, <laughs> our interactions on Twitter pretty much are, are this where I say something maybe mildly like it's like a hot take and he'll like quote tweet me and say, hey man he's like chill. he's a good guy. I think you guys should go follow him by the way but anyways, he tweeted at me and he said, now that the spring is over, who would you handicap as the five offensive off five offensive lineman excuse me that would start this fall and he said and if Ronnie Perkins hadn't been suspended, Do you think you'd have been a first-rounder? Which I think is a really great question. Let's start with the Ronnie Perkins stuff first. That's one of the reasons why I brought up the Ronnie Perkins stuff in the first place because he started to tweet out. He's like, man, this is disrespectful. He ends up going to the third round. Good for him. You know, Ronnie Perkins, I thought, was a fringe first-rounder, early second-rounder type of talent. So I think if he had not gotten in trouble and, of course, played a much larger sample size of a season last year, I think you would have gone definitely early first round, maybe late second round. He's a great talent. He is kind of like a 4-3 defensive end. He's not going to be standing up, I don't think, that many times. So I think that also kind of handicaps him as far as the new defenses because a lot of people are just trying to play 3-4s in the NFL, and I don't know if he fits a 3-4 outside linebacker. He doesn't fit a 3-4 defensive end. So he's kind of more a 4-3 guy. But I think he's a great talent, and I think... If he had been, of course, with OU for the first half of the season, OU doesn't lose to Iowa State. They don't lose to Kansas State. And so his draft profile might be a little bit better, too. So, yeah, I agree. I think he had been probably early for, early second-rounder, maybe late first-rounder, but I think he has that type of talent, sure. Five-months offensive lineman. just looking at everything, I think you have to go with Andrew Rain being your center. I mean, Andrew Rain was out a little bit hurt early on in the spring. So that's why I saw Chris Murray taking a lot of snaps. Now Andrew Rame going to the summer ball, I think he's your guy. He needs to put on a little bit of weight. I'm not worried about that. I mean, his, his, arm, his arms are a little bit skinny. I'm not worried about that. Benny Wiley will get him straight there. Then you kind of look at the guards. You look at the interior of the offensive line. Marquise Hayes 100% has his spot on the offensive line on the interior. Wanya Morris 100% has a spot there on the outside, a left tackle, most likely. Then you look at the right side. You have a lot of different options. You're going to put Chris, Chris Murray at right guard. Could he be the odd man out? Because you have Tyrese Robinson being the right guard. And maybe Eric Swenson, Anton Harrison, uh, not Adrian Ealy. He went to the draft and was an undrafted free agent. I, that, that floored me, by the way. I'm sure it floored a lot of you guys. Stacy Wilkins, maybe at right tackle. You've got a lot of options here. So right now, As it stands, give me Tyrese Robinson at right guard and give me Anton Harrison at right tackle where I think he's going to have more of a better time. He's athletic, he's got quick feet, and I think he can play that right tackle way better than he could at left. And so that's what I'm looking for. So I guess if I were to say, hey, these are the five offensive linemen, going to go left to right, Wanya Morris, Marquise Hayes, Andrew Raym at center making those calls. Tyrese Robinson and Anton Harrison. But if Eric Swenson, man, it, it's a tough thing. If Eric Swenson has another good camp, they really like his they really like his maturity. They really like how much how much snaps he's taken, you know, all the things he's done with Beatembo. I wouldn't be surprised if Eric Swenson was the guy either. But anyways. We're going to go to a break for our sponsors for the guys that pay the bills. And then I'll come along. We'll talk a little bit more about a new defensive commit and Jaden Rowe from Tulsa Union and some stuff about Alex Grinch and going forward into the years, maybe after his tenure. All right, we're back. So Oklahoma earned two new commits over the last week in Kip Lewis from Texas. He's a linebacker, four-star guy. Again, give all credit ever to Brian Odom. The guy's killing the game. With Alex Grinch on defense you'll love to see what's happening there and then of course Jaden Rowe defensive back from Tulsa Union six foot three 210 pounds as a cornerback the guy's got great speed of course he's got great size I can imagine he can put on another 10 to 15 pounds and be a really big back oh man and what what a change in philosophy right I mean, the last defensive back Oklahoma recruited from Tulsa Unions, Trey Brown. On a good day, Trey Brown's about five foot nine and a half in cleats, speedster, no doubt. He did. He was built coming out of high school about one eighty, but man, talk about a change in philosophy going from Trey Brown, who was a playmaker, loved to play in in Arlington, loved to play in Jerry World, had a lot of clutch moments there. But man, six foot three, two ten. By the time he gets on campus, he's probably going to be two twenty. You love to see what Alex Grinch is doing on this defense. You love to see it. I mean, and let's talk about it. I'm not not crapping on Mike Stoops at all. wish the guy the best for the rest of his career. I hope he ends up doing something really well um, after his stop, uh, wherever he's at. I can't remember. He's kind of at a smaller school as a defensive coordinator, I I think. I can't remember where he's at. But his second tenure at OU, which lasted seven years, this is how many draft selections he did have. Zero first-rounders. He had two drafted in the second and third round, one of them being Jordan Phillips. He had nine drafted between fourth and seventh rounds, and he had several undrafted free agents, most notably Tody Jefferson, who has like some strong words about Mike Stoops. And I really want to get TJ on the on the podcast or talk about it, see if he would, but I don't know. Um, and the, I just think about what Alex Grinch could do with guys like Stephen Parker, right? But anyways, in two years, Alex Grinch, he's had two full years going into his third year. He's had one first-round selection in Kenneth Murray. He's had two second and third rounders drafted, and he's already had two four through seven, uh, four through seventh round drafted. And next year, going from this defense, when you have guys like Jalen Redmond, Perry and Winfrey, Nick Benito, of course Caleb Williams is not uh, not Caleb Williams. Caleb Kelly is not going to get drafted, but. I think guys like Brian Asamoah have a chance to get drafted. I think guys like Deshaun White, David Aguebu will get drafted eventually. Woody Washington's going to get drafted eventually. You have a lot of guys. that uh, DJ Graham, he's going to get drafted eventually. There's a lot of dudes in this system that are going to get drafted by with Alex Grinch, and he may have more draft selections in three years than Mike Stoops had in his second tenure at OU. And that's not anything as a mark on Mike Stoops, even though it kind of is. But that says more to what Alex Grinch is doing at the University of Oklahoma about making this defense better, about making it bigger, about making it faster. Of course, you got the whole speed D thing going on. You got to love it. And you know, a question that was posed to me by one of my good friends, uh, Keegan Renault, was, "Hey, does Oklahoma have any holes on defense?" And you have to think about it. You got to pause, right? Defensive line. They have great starters, nice depth. Defensive backfield, regarding the DBs, you've got a lot of great guys that you're excited about, a lot of great depth coming up. I mean, you saw guys in the spring game, you, and we've heard great things about Latrell McCutcheon, about Jordan Mukes, about all the other guys that they have, they're have. they bringing in, and you just got to be excited about it. And then you look at linebackers. I think linebackers are a strength. David Aguebu filtering in, Deshaun White. You've got Caleb Kelly being a, a kind of calming presence, but also a captain and a leader. I don't know if he's gonna actually be a captain, but and then you've got I mean, you've got Brian Asimo, who I love, and Shane is gonna be there. You have a lot of really, really good dudes. Kobe McKinsey eventually gonna come in. Uh, you just you just got another commit in Kip Lewis. Just high quality athletes. You have to be excited about the future of Oklahoma's defense in tandem with what they're going to be doing on offense. So I'm going to wrap this podcast up by saying you have to be excited about this team in the future, especially if Alex Grinch stays. Now, Oklahoma might want to empty their pockets. Joe castillo Leone, he's one of the best athletic directors in the country. He's going to have to empty out his pockets, do a similar thing what he did to Lincoln Riley a few years back when you know, Lincoln had the interview with the very university of houston lincoln said he would have you know stood in front of lincoln's car and just offer him as much money as he wanted you might have to do with alex grinch next year or two right i mean alex grinch is clearly putting a product on the field that everybody's very happy with or most people are happy with i i don't see how people could be unhappy with what alex grinch is doing and then making great hires roy manning is a great hire yeah, Brian Odom has been killing it for Oklahoma with the linebackers. Calvin Thibodeau, Jamar Cain, all those dudes doing exactly what you want them to do. Getting the defense not just be average, but above average. And even, even this year, man, they might be elite. Especially, like, we're talking, like, you might, like, last year we saw them, you saw the offense rely on the defense several times. And now that the offense is rounding back into shape and you can rely on the defense, if they're all healthy, Oklahoma better be in that national title game. Those are the expectations yearly that of Oklahoma fans. Oh, national title or bust. I think we can all agree upon that. But this year seems like a really year where you say, if Oklahoma's not in that national title game, I'm not saying winning it because Alabama's very good. Clemson's going to be very good. Ohio State's going to be very good. They all lost to their quarterbacks. Oklahoma's bringing theirs back and basically their entire defense and a lot of their offense. Oklahoma's bringing a lot of guys back. Oklahoma it has to be the odds-on favorite to win the Big 12. They're going to be the ones basically beating the hell out of the Big 12. They better be in the national title game. I'm not saying they better win it, but I'm saying they, they better come really freaking close. It's national title season or bust now for Oklahoma. That's for the point where they've gotten the defense out of it. Lincoln Riley's been able to clean that up. He's been able to get guys like Alex Grinch in the program that really make the program a lot better, a lot more happier for the fans, a lot better for recruits. And a lot better for everybody else going on. National title season or bust. For going into the season, that's it, man. So, anyways, it'll be a short podcast. Like I just said, follow us on machine.com. You can follow us on Twitter at CC Machine. You can follow Jack at Larry Shields. You can follow me at CameronRobbie and CCM. You can follow Stephen Brown at OUUpdateSB, and even Alan Kenny, who's like super smart at Blatant Homerism. If you like what you guys heard the first time drop subscribe button really appreciate it and give us a five-star review i appreciate that too but anyways i'll check guys later we'll post a podcast in the middle of the week see ya